This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 19, Episode 5. This is Writing Excuses, Revisions with Mahatab Narsimhan. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Aaron. I'm Dan. And if we were smart enough to write it well the first time, we wouldn't have to revise. We are here with our special guest, who is a past season host. Hello, Mahatab. Hello, Mary Robinette. Um, so, for people who have not had the pleasure of having you join us before, would you tell them a little about yourself? Thank you. And so, for those who haven't attended my session, I write books for kids. Everything from picture books, chapter books, middle grade, YA. And writing is actually my fifth career because I have done hotel management, I've done sales, I have done recruitment, um, writing, and I love it. This is my fifth one. It took me most of my life to figure that out. But now that I'm here, I am staying. And so basically what you're saying is you've been revising your life to get to... Thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes. I have. Yes, I have. Yes. Um, so I'm excited about this. You, you had pitched several topics to us, but I was like, yes, listeners are always asking us about uh, revisions. And, uh, and so when you said that you wanted to talk about it, I was like, yes, please. So when you're thinking about revisions, like, do you have a, do you have a process or is it different every single time you pick up a, a new project? You know, it is different every single time because, first of all, revision is a mindset. And there are a lot of people who feel, you know, they, they love the, the rush uh, of writing a first draft. Everything is new. Everything is shiny. You know, let's just keep going. And then when it comes to revision, it's like, oh, gosh, I know the story, story already. Why am I doing this again? Um, for me, the first draft is actually the hardest. And then the real work begins during revisions. And it really is a mindset because you've got to realize that this is the time that you're actually going to be telling the story to the readers. The first time when you're doing the draft, you're telling the story to yourself. There are a lot of holes. There are a lot of gaps. There is no pacing. There is basically no story or structure unless you're a plotter um, or you might be a hybrid. But then revision is when the real work, I think, begins. And I, like for picture books, I've got, you know, a book coming out. Shameless plug. Sorry about that. But I've got a book coming out in October, which is Banyan, uh, The Boy and the Banyan Tree. And that even though it's a 700 word picture book, that took about four years to finally like finalize and revise. And I had to keep re reading and writing those same 700 words again. First, when I just wrote it on my own. And then when the illustrator's notes came in, I had to write them again. I had to change my text to match what the illustrator did. So that was a whole different way of thinking about revisions. Of course, most of the books that I write are middle grade and those I do have a revision process that I have pretty much uh, settled on, which I really like. And I do have a template which I will be sharing and people can download it. But it's basically distilling your entire story into chapters, scenes, plot points, a point of view, uh, the setting, uh, a timeline of when that is happening. And then when you're not distracted by dialogue or you're not distracted by 
descriptions or anything else, when you've just distilled the story down to these factors, and then you have a column on notes, that is how I actually revise based on that outline. And then I go back into the full revision. And that really helps because you're not distracted with any of the other stuff. All you're looking at is, are your chapters consistent? Do you have enough point of view characters? If you've got two or three, are they appearing at regular intervals? And it just gives you a very distilled snapshot of your story, which is easier to revise. Last week's uh, episode on pacing with Fonda Lee um, raised for me the the question of, you know, if your pacing's wrong, how do you go about and fi- how do you go about fixing it? And pacing, I think, is one of the most challenging things to address during the revision process because often you realize you've got scenes in the wrong order, you've got characters whose arcs are not in the right places, and the rewrites. For me, anyway, the rewrites for pacing often require me to take something that I just love and set aside because it can't happen yet in the book. And so, but but when it happens later, it can't happen like that. And so I just have to rewrite it. Uh, and yeah, so for me, often rewrites are about pacing because I want to get the flow correct. And it always hurts when I find that I've done it wrong because I know that it's not so much a few words here and there, it is a few pages here and there that just have to be rewritten. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really with Mahatab on the way she thinks about revision. Um, I think revision is the most important part of writing and it is definitely the part where the real work starts. And I think it is incredibly fun to do. And that took me a long time to come to terms with uh, because you know, I've already written this book. Why do I have to write this book again? Why do I have to keep working on it? Um, Why do I have to throw some words away? Why do I have to add extra words? I'm already done. But that's what helps you really fix it. Um, One of my very favorite sayings is that your first draft is for what you want to say and your final draft is for how you want to say it. That's where you take all these words you've written and you polish them and you hone them and you reorganize some of them and make it into a story instead of just a bunch of stuff that happens. And I like to think about it like as a fun thing. So um, I think because I'm a little bit of a pantser, I'll be like, okay, I thought I was writing story X, but oh my gosh, midway through, I realized really it's story Y. And now I get to go back and make it story Y all the way through. That's so fun. And so for me, it really feels like writing a first draft all over again, but with like spoilers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is where you were going with it. Now go there. Yeah. I I think of it um, because I, you know, before theater, I came out of art school and we had sculpting, which was, when you were sculpting, it was uh, with clay. It was an additive and subtractive process. So you would get kind of your armature, which is an outline, and then you do the the rough sculpt. And then you go through and you start fine-tuning things and honing them. And sometimes that means adding a little bit more clay. Sometimes it means taking a lot out. And I find that with, with revisions, it's much the same thing. It's like sometimes I'm adding a scene, sometimes I'm pulling a scene out. And sometimes the revision is just, oh, I can fix this entire problem with just a single sentence. And those are like... So satisfying when I managed to find that. That's the point where, where you realize, oh, I am a writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, am, I am good at this. Uh, my friend Jim Zub uh, used to do uh, portfolio reviews um, for, for comics, for illustration. And 
and he had some pointers for people on, you know, do's and don'ts of portfolio reviews. And one of the things he said was, if there's a piece in your portfolio that is not on good paper, you know, it's like it's something you drew and it's on notebook paper, don't put it in there. Draw it again on another piece of paper. If it's on notebook paper and I look at it, what you are telling me is you don't like drawing things a second time. You have to be willing to take the original and do it again. Absolutely. One of the, um, sorry, that just made me start thinking about uh, the tools of drawing, uh, which then makes me think about the, the tools of writing and the tools of revision. So you had mentioned that you have a... A template. A, that a template. I use. Yeah. I, I find that my revision tools change kind of as I go through the process. Um, so when we come back from break, what I'd love for us to talk about are some of the tools that we use when doing revisions. Okay, absolutely. So the thing of the week is um, I would love to recommend a story called, uh, or rather a book called Nevermore, The Trials of Morgan Crow. And it is one of the one of my favorite middle grade trilogy series that I've been reading right now, such fabulous world building. And it's got all the tropes that you would need for the middle grade. You've got this, you know, a child who's cursed, who gets whisked away into this magical land where she has to get inducted into this wondrous society. And she has all of these trials to go through. The voice is amazing. And it is, well, the writing is amazing, but the voice of Gemma Whelan, who has narrated this book is just as delightful. So I actually raced through the entire trilogy and now I'm listening to it, which is a whole different way of, um, you know, of enjoying the book. So I highly recommend Nevermore by Jessica Townsend. Um, and it's Nevermore, The Trials of Morrigan Crow. So now that we're back, what I'd love to talk about are tools that we use. So you mentioned the, the, the template that you've got. I have a Trello board, which is a newer thing for me that I've started using, um, which I will also share in the liner notes. And for, for me, one of the things that I find that is most difficult about revision is that it's hard to mark that you're making progress, which is one of the things that the Trello board gave to me is that I got little, little ticky boxes that I got to check off. It's like, yeah, I did the thing. Um, what are some of the tools that other people use when they are diving into revision? Or do you want to tell us more about the template? You know what? Actually, I went looking for, um, you know, various versions or tips and techniques to look for, uh, you know, for revisions. And I actually came across this blog post by a writer called Anita Nolan. Unfortunately, that blog post is not available, but I did have a chance to prepare a template based on what she had recommended, which is what I use. And for anyone, has anyone here uh, uh, opened the pie safe? Anyone cracked the, you know, wrote the number of words? No one here. But I did speak. Oh, any hands up? Okay, that, so that's great. So you would have seen my first chapter revisions for Valley of the Rats, which is, which is the method that I used. And I just found that even if I use it in a simpler format, this particular revision method helps. Of course, the shorter the novel, I kind of, you know, if it's a chapter book, I, I would probably do it in a slightly different way, but for most middle grade YA novels, this helps. So I'm going to give a really good example of revision, which is that often you have information that you should have planted earlier so that the readers understand where you are. 
one of the pieces of information that I failed to plant at the beginning of the episode was that we are recording this live for an audience on the Writing Excuses workshop and cruise. Uh, so that's who we are talking to when we say, <laughs> for those of you who opened the Pie Safe, the Pie Safe, which is again information that you might have wanted. The Vital world building exposition. I know, it's so much world building <laughs> exposition. The Pie Safe, if you are on our cruise, um, we create this thing that we jokingly call the Pie Safe, which are basically um, behind the scenes looks at different things that we're working on uh, as a, a prize for writers who have managed to write, quote, pie, which is 3,142 40. words in a single day. So with that exposition out of the way, which I should have planted earlier, um, we'll just all pretend that I am going to go back and maybe we'll ask Alex to put that in. We no, can we tell won't. our engineer Alex to revise the episode for us. He loves doing that. Yeah, we're absolutely not going to do that. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite tools is the spreadsheet that I use for my outline. Because once I've, once I've written through... Uh, you know, a chapter or a scene or, you know, the entire book. Um, I know a lot more about what an individual line in the outline might mean. And I will add columns to the outline for things like, what is the purpose of this scene in story terms? What is the purpose of this scene in audience terms? You know, story terms might be, I'm planting a clue or I'm creating a red herring. Uh, audience terms is uh, I'm building tension or I'm relieving tension or I'm telling a joke. I like to fill out that spreadsheet because as I do, it gives me a map for revision. It tells me what the scene's for. It tells me, it, it helps me find the things that are wrong or find the things that are missing. A tool that I use uh, as a short story writer, a lot of my tools are really micro because like you're getting into the individual sentences and paragraphs. And one that I actually stole from essay writing is that sometimes when I'm writing an essay, I'll put a spot in brackets and I'll be like, a brilliant sentence that summarizes all the things and makes it really make sense with this theme. And so I don't know if anyone remembers <laughs> literal videos uh, back in the day yes. on MTV where they would tell you exactly what's happening in the video as opposed to the song. Sometimes I will go through a scene and actually look at what is this line doing? Not what's the line itself, but I'll be like, a long winding sentence that establishes the world and gives a little bit of character. A short punchy thing that like keeps the audience going. And I'll actually look at what I'm trying to accomplish with each individual sentence. And the reason to do that is it gets me out of the headspace of, I love these words, I don't wanna to touch them, to thinking about why did I put these words here in the first place? So that when I look at the literal video outline, if I'm like, that's a series of things that doesn't make sense in a row, that tells me that the actual words that I wrote maybe need to be moved around as well. Yeah, I often find that when I'm sitting there and uh, trying to revise the same sentence over and over and over, that it's a clue to me that that sentence doesn't belong in the manuscript at all and that I was just desperately trying to make it fit in when, when we're talking about sentence level stuff. But, but I, I also do the... Um, uh, Really terrible German joke goes here is one of my more recent <laughs> ones. Or competence porn. And then Elma does more. It's like sometimes you just, you, you put in these placeholders and, and the revision process is, is honing them. 
So one of the other things that I find uh, useful along the lines that you're, you're all talking about is the purpose of the scene. That's something that I also mark down. And so sometimes I will look for, uh, for redundancies in my manuscript where I can look at rolling scenes together. And I find that that's really fun. So for me, what I'll do, because I get attracted to my beautiful, beautiful words, is I'll pull the entire scenes all the way out, stick them in the scrap folder, start again, and then when I'm like, wait, I've written this already, I'll go and grab a piece of it and drop it back in. What I also like to do is when I'm doing the revisions, also look at the emotional core of the scene. Sometimes, you know, when you're doing the descriptions or you're doing the pacing and all of that, that might be um, missed out. So I also have an EC. And then for every scene in the notes section, I will write, you know, what is the emotional core? What is it that you want the audience to feel? How are you going to end the chapter to make sure that the audience feel, or it's not audience, the readers feel that way and they want to turn the page. So there are many things that I will also look at in the revision and that will all go into the notes column. And then one thing I love to do is when I start a brand new draft, I don't, um, or rather when I start the revision, I don't use the old, the first draft that I wrote, I start a brand new draft. And then I just pick the pieces that I need, change it around. So I'm starting with something very, very clean. And it, it helps me in my head rather than looking at this whole jumble and getting bogged down by it and getting overwhelmed. I just go chapter by chapter by chapter and then it just makes it a lot simpler and easier to kind of revise. Um, I want to just say really quick at the end here um, that the, the method Aaron and, and Mary Robinette are talking about where they will insert placeholders. I will come back later and add this sentence or this scene or this dialogue. That is not something that I can do. Um, and so I just want to let you know out there that there isn't a right way to do this. What works for you works for you. For me, I have to write things in order. Um, and I can go back and revision later and I can add a line, but I find myself kind of constitutionally incapable of planning to go back and add the line. If I know it needs to be there, I have to put it in right there because everything that comes after it will stem from it or grow out of it in some way. So whichever way you do it is fine. Um, there's just lots of different ways to do it. So with that in mind, it is time for us to give you your homework. Right. So I would love for you to take your first chapter, whatever you're revising, your work in progress, or even if you're, you know, oh, well, actually, this, this will work if you already have a draft. Um, you will have access to the template very shortly as soon as the uh, podcast goes up. Try and revise your very first chapter by creating that template. And the first time I can tell you it's going to be a little bit painful because all you're doing is you're picking out the plots, the chapters, the, you know, um, the point of view, all of that. So just put that into your template and after, it, it will go a little bit easier. But I remember the first time I did it, it was extremely painful and it was very slow. And I'm like, why am I doing it? But trust me, trust the process. It is going to work. Do that with your first chapter and see if you can see, if you can work out what's missing, if you can write notes in the chapter and then continue on with chapters two, three, four. But at least try that with the first chapter to see if this is a process that works for you. Well, thank you for joining us, Mahatab. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go revise. Hey, have you sold a short story or finished your first novel? 
Congratulations. Also, let us know. We'd love to hear from you about how you've applied this stuff we've been talking about to craft your own success stories. Use the hashtag WXSuccess on social media or drop us a line at success at writingexcuses.com. Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. For this episode, your hosts were Mary Robinette Kowal, Dong Wan Song, Aaron Roberts, and Howard Taylor. This episode was engineered by Marshall Carr Jr., mastered by Alex Jackson, and produced by Emma Reynolds. For more information, visit writingexcuses.com. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.